What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, your daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am back from my sojourn-like assignment. I'm not going to sit here and hang out and talk about the details of what I did because uh, the guy who is joining me on the line right now, Sean Wagner-McGuff, actually, (laughs) to pull back the curtain, so to speak, um, we recorded a podcast on Sunday night. Sean took time out of his Father's Day. I know you got lots of kids, Sean, so that was a big deal for you. Um, to, to record a podcast, and then somehow the audio was so bad because I'm, I'm out of practice recording podcasts that we had to blow the whole thing up. We ran, fortunately, Dave Richard, venerable human being that he is, did a great job filling in on some of these podcasts. Had a, had a freaking interview with Mike Mayock. No offense, Sean. Actually, no offense, me. I mean, Dave Richard and Mike Mayock, if we're doing a trade, right, uh, like a fantasy baseball trade, if I offered somebody Will Brinson and Sean Wagner for Dave Richard and Mike Mayock, they would scoff at us, right? I mean, I'm the Mike Mayock, though, of our group, though. Right? <laughs> That's right. I am the – you're damn right I'm the Dave Richard of this group. Uh, seriously, though, shout-out to Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Pete Prisco, uh, Ryan Wilson, Sean, John Breach. Uh, Tracy Wolfson came on with Dave. That was fantastic. Brian McFadden helped hold it down. Uh, Nick Costos, the same. I mean, everybody pitched in while I was out, uh, you know, cavorting around the Caribbean and then and then down at, at the beach for three weeks. I'm back to take you all the way through, oh, boy, probably 2018 um, and beyond. We're going to be daily uh, through, you know, through June and July, like we promised, through training camps, and they fire up. And then once the season gets going, things will really be – it'll be great to have a daily show. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review. You can also subscribe to the Pick 6 newsletter, and if you if you do that, you'll get a daily dose of everything you need to know about the NFL. Stay on top of everything happening on the NFL with our Pick 6 newsletter. It features all the biggest stories, plus the latest mocks, picks, power rankings, and more. Go to cbssports.com slash pick 6 daily in order to subscribe. Also, I want to plug... I'm not getting paid for this, but I'm going to plug it anyway, Sean. The folks at Brack Scuba Shack. If you are interested in scuba diving or you're a scuba diver, I am, you know, you, you know, I'm a certified scuba diver. I've been diving for like 12 years now. My dad's a, a dive master, and so we, we get to go on these trips. But uh, if you want to go to the little, if you want to go to Cayman Brack, which is a fantastic place to scuba dive, they have excellent scuba diving. I saw an eagle ray, some sharks, a loggerhead turtle, tons of fish that you won't see anywhere else in the world. Uh, go to BrackScubaShack.com and uh, sign up with them if you're interested in scuba diving. I highly recommend it. Tell Liesel and Martin, who run Brack Scuba Shack, that I sent you, and they they'll probably say, "Oh yeah, Will, he's a he's a goofy guy." They won't give you any discount, but they'll t- they'll, they'll they'll make fun of me. I would imagine. Um, that's all I got for right now. Oh, I'm drinking a highlight. Is this a beer that you can get? Can you get this beer, Sean? I've never seen that beer. So they, and they, I live and I live next door to a bottle shop that probably has a hundred different types of beer. It's so. made. It's uh. It's 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 from. It's out of Tampa, by Cigar City, which is a really good brewery. Brewery and highlight, of course, is the game that they play um, down in Florida. Cigar City Brewing makes this. It's an awesome IPA. It has started getting up here on the reg in North Carolina. My wife picked it out at the at the at the at the Harris Teeter for me. Brought him a six pack of highlight for Father's Day, so that's pretty nice. I highly recommend it. Nice fruity, uh, good malt backbone for you there if you're into those IPAs. Let's get down. By the way, I did not come prepared to this podcast, by the way, clearly because I am drinking water. 
Um, well, for probably the first time in the history of me being on this podcast. In your defense, we're recording this on Monday night. It's eight o'clock my time. Um, I've been dealing with re uh, taking my son Robbie back into the real world. He had to go to summer camp this morning, and then I had to go to a kid's birthday party in a gym gym with uh, no air conditioning. Oh wow! Yeah. So you've earned you've earned this beer. I've earned this beer, Sean, and I also grilled some kebabs for dinner. And it's it's not even five o'clock your time, and you're you're out there apartment hunting. So you can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J Wagner. You can follow the podcast at Pick Six Pod. I'm at Will Brinson. If you have fantasy football questions, life questions, um, you want to you want to talk to me about. I'm not going to tweet you about Ed Warder's meltdown or anything like that. But um, you know, I'll, we'll we'll have a conversation, or you can email me willbrinson at gmail.com. I like emails. I, I really will answer your fantasy football advice. I don't mind doing it. Just don't make me, do, you know, grade a fantasy baseball trade or anything like that. Let's talk about some off season news. I'm basically oh oh my god, I almost forgot. We have Ryan Kerrigan on the show, Washington Redskins uh, outside linebacker, pass rusher. Great conversation with him. He's working with Gatorade. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. Let's get to the news, Sean. First up. I have now watched more of Tom Brady talking to Oprah Winfrey than I ever thought I would in one lifetime. And I am, when we talked yesterday about this, and again, that, that got scrapped, and that's fine. It was sort of like, oh, this is no news. Tom Brady's just talking about how he doesn't want to, he wants to retire sooner than later. I thought the bigger thing that came out of it, and this is sort of revealed later because it's being dropped in, in bits and pieces, Tom Brady was asked if he is like how his relationship with Bill Belichick is any 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 like paused right he paused like mm. and so this is the second time in in the last couple of months where Tom Brady has gone out publicly and either taken the fifth or paused i mean if they were dating they're, they're not dating obviously but like if that's your if that's your girl or your or your significant other or whatever and you pause when somebody asks you you're getting blown up for that because it's very obvious you don't care about that person and he said you know something about not all relationships are perfect are you buying or selling that Tom Brady likes Bill Belichick I think Tom Brady likes Bill Belichick you phrased it a bit weird there so I'm selling I'm buying the idea that he <laughs> likes Bill Belichick I'm okay. I'm selling this entire um, peak, I think what you called it, May, June storyline right here, because um, Brady and Belichick don't have to get along. I think in the Seth Wickersham feature that came out in January, um, they got everyone up and going about the end of the Patriots dynasty. I think what was proven there is that you can have two very competitive guys who are at the top of their professions, and they're going to butt heads because they're going to disagree about certain aspects. Um, I think one of the interesting things that, um, and since yesterday, since we talked about it, I was going back and rereading some of the Gronk stories about a potential trade, and this happened when you were out of town. That was, and I wasn't ridiculous. aware that someone was reporting when that happened that Belichick wanted to trade Gronk, and then it was Kraft that nixed it, and part of that was Tom Brady saying he was going to retire if they traded Gronk. Um, I don't, I don't know who reported it. I probably sh- should have written that down. Um, that to me was a little bit interesting if it's getting in, in terms of personnel decisions that are affecting um, Belichick. If Belichick can't make the moves he wants to make and the owner is kind of stepping in, that to me is a little bit more concerning than the quarterback-coach relationship because I think we've seen coaches and players get mad at each other a bunch and still succeed. I don't think that really matters. It's interesting because now that Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, and I heard uh, Bomani Jones point this out on his sh- – I don't know if you watched High Noon at all. I've, I've watched it a couple times. I'm really good with him and Pablo Torre on, on ESPN at noon, obviously. 9 a.m. Pacific, your time, as my DirecTV guide points out for some 
reason, unless they mean to do that. Um, Tom Brady has all the leverage, and he's always had all the leverage because he's Tom freaking Brady, but for once, he sort of feels like a guy who kind of, you know, he does know it's going to end sooner or later. It sort of feels like, not like he's bitter, but that he is... I don't know. There's something about it. It feels like he 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 has all the leverage and he knows it, and you can see him sort of flexing. And it's it's a little bit disconcerting because it's not the sort of thing that Tom Brady would do. Now, at the same time, they're playing in the AFC East, and they're the Patriots. And Tom Brady's probably going to play 16 games, and Gronk will probably play 12 to 14, and they're probably going to win the division. And the defense should be better. And I would be stunned if the Patriots weren't any good. Uh, I mean, any chance the Patriots don't just steamroll this division? No, they're definitely steamrolling this year. I think we mentioned this yesterday. I think with the Brady quote saying the retirement's going to come sooner rather than later, we're probably thinking in two to three years I was now. setting you up for this, by the way, because it was a very uh, good point you made yesterday. I, I think that for teams like specifically the Jets and the Bills, this is perfect because I think their future is kind of unfolding perfectly on this timeline. If Brady steps away in two or three years – in theory, if Josh Allen is going to be a good quarterback, if Sam Darnold is going to be a good quarterback, that's when those guys are going to be done, you know, taking their lumps in their rookie and sophomore years. Um, and they should be peaking at about that time. And I think even the Dolphins, this is going to be a make or break year for Tannehill. And if they draft a quarterback next year, then they're going to be setting up to hit that window as well. And I think for teams in the AFC East, you're kind of giving up on winning the division as long as Tom Brady is there, as long as Bill Belichick is there. You need to be thinking in two to three years, and I think two of those teams are really set up if the quarterbacks are good, and obviously we won't know that um, for a couple of years now. Well, let's talk about those Buffalo Bills that you mentioned. Josh Allen, the rookie quarterback out of Wyoming, not getting all the buzz when it comes to the Buffalo Bills starting quarterback jobs. That's Nathan Peterman who is getting the high heat in terms of being – uh, the guy who's going to step up and play really well. I mean, clearly Sean McDermott liked this guy because he shoved him into the starting lineup. Sean McDermott sort of ended the season last year not really getting a ton of credit for have, doing a great coaching job, but the Bills going 9-7 and seven was highly improbable. They were a terrible team. They shouldn't have won that many games. They played above their heads. They all sort of admitted it in the process. And the one mistake he made was throwing Nathan Peterman in against the Chargers. Maybe Tyrod Taylor gets blown up in that spot, too. But Peterman looked terrible. And there was chatter before the draft that Peterman was like a second or third round potential prospect. Clearly didn't happen. He went in the fifth round. Uh, Is this a foolish endeavor to try and trot out Nathan Peterman? No, I actually think you look at the Bills and I think there's a better chance that three quarterbacks see the field during the coming season than two, because I think it makes total sense to trot out A.J. McCarron at the beginning. You spent money on him in free agency, but it's not like A.J. McCarron is his proven guy and we know what he's going to do. You know, He's not Tyrod in Cleveland, where there are some expectations for how Tyrod's going to play. There are probably no expectations for how A.J. McCarron is going to play, except A.J. McCarron himself, who thinks he's the next Tom Brady, of course. Um, and <laughs> I think if McCarron struggles, then you go to Peterman. And I think the entire point of this is the Bills probably aren't going to be that good. We went through their schedule yesterday. It's a tough schedule. Um, they've lost some talent by trading Cordy Glenn um, to the Bengals. The offensive line might be worse. You don't want to throw Josh Allen into the fire when he's already a quarterback who has been considered more of a developmental type of prospect. So why not give Peterman another chance when McCarron fails? And maybe it's vice versa. Maybe it's Peterman to start and then A.J. McCarron second. I would just put money on Josh Allen being the third quarterback to start in Buffalo 
um, rather than the second. And the other thing is that I think this is more about Peterman's competition than Peterman himself. I don't know if this means Peterman is taking the lead, turned the corner, whatever phrase you want to use. I think this is more about A.J. McCarron not really being a good or proven quarterback and the rookie there, Josh Allen, not, you know, being a rookie and being a raw talent guide. I think um, I think this just says more about the Bills quarterbacks probably aren't going to be good this year, and that's why Peterman suddenly looks like a viable option. By the way, in that schedule, five of the Bills' first seven games are on the road. Their first – all seven of their, their first seven – I don't know why this is so funny to me. Their first seven games are at 1 o'clock on CBS. Like, I, I mean, like, I'm not – I mean, I'm not saying that the CBS part matters, but it is telling that no one is trying to get a piece of the Buffalo Bills and that they are staying in their slotted conference uh, television provider and they're staying at 1 o'clock. Like, no one wants to see the Bills if, if they're playing those regional games at 1 o'clock. Their first four games in particular are just brutal at the Ravens. Very good defense. Chargers at home. Very good defense. Ask Nathan Peterman, who might get to see him again. At the Vikings. Great defense. And at the Packers. Packers defense should be very much improved with Mike Pettin. And... You're playing in Lambeau Field. That is a tough place to play. The Titans at home in week five. I think you could look at that as a possible spot to flip and, and go to. Well, you, all right. So you point out that they that they could end up playing three quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if whoever starts the first week one plays the first four games and then they make a change in week five and go with either Peterman or McCarron, the opposite of whoever won the starting starting gig, and then. You know, you see the Titans at the Texans, at the Colts, and then they get the Patriots at home on a Monday night football game to have fun with that, right? I mean, like Bill Belichick gets an extra day to prepare for you, and he's going to rip your soul out. He doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. I, I think I don't I don't know when the I don't know when Josh Allen starts, but it's you know th- this is a tough schedule for Buffalo because they're a bad team. They're coming off a nine win season. Um, I I think that I think the Nathan Peterman hype train is all about protecting Josh Allen, letting him build up a little bit of buzz maybe this offseason, but ensuring that there's no chance in hell that he sees the field in the first four weeks because that schedule, again, is is just really, really tough. Uh, another quarterback who we hope will see the field in week one, Andrew Luck. You buying or selling Andrew Luck throwing a regular-sized football? I'm buying it. I was saying all along, we've all had to write probably 50 Andrew Luck stories in the past since we've seen him on the field, about him not picking up a football, but the Colts insisting, he, no, 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 he's going to be ready by training camp. I've always, I was always skeptical, but just seeing him holding a ball and throwing it, it doesn't seem like much. It's sad that we're at this state, but I fully buy it now. And I think there was a story in the MMQB today where Albert Breer went through what the Colts are planning. Sounds like they're going to let him take it a bit easy during training camp. Um, but they're also saying this is the furthest along that he's been in his recovery where he hasn't had a single setback. Um, so I think that's good news. I think he's been out long enough that I don't know what the injury would be that would keep him out. Um, that being said, I think we're all going to feel a whole lot better when it's the preseason and he's throwing the ball. Because, again, this is all about seeing it to believe it. We've heard enough of the talk. A year and a half ago, Jim Irsay was promising he was going to play week one. He never saw the field. So until we probably see him taking a snap in a real game, whether it's preseason or the regular season, I think we're a little bit skeptical. But, you know, he's throwing a football again. He hadn't thrown a football in a year and a half. I mean, how can you not be excited? This guy... Um, we talked about it yesterday. Could lead the league in passing yards if he's healthy. Um, um, by the, by the way, you is. know that you know that nobody listened to us yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I know. know we keep referencing it. People are like, what? What are you talking about? Nobody mentioned that yesterday. Um, 
But we did put that out. He's 30-1 to to lead the league in passing yards, which to me is very good value. And uh, if um, if the listeners out there like trying to to fade or, or follow me, you can, I don't care what you do, but if you like trying to follow some bets that I like to make, then you know that um, this might be one of them. I, I, I'm curious. I saw somewhere that this number came off. But no, it's still 30-1. to So you get Andrew Luck at 30-1 to to lead the league in passing. They don't have a good rushing attack. I like their running backs. Naheem Hines I love. Marlon Mack I like a lot. And um, Jordan Wilkins are, are good running backs. But I think those guys are primarily going to be featured as passing game backs. I don't think they'll be able to lean on the rushing attack. And then you have this situation with Luck where he might have a good offensive line, has some decent weapons, but not going to have a defense. I like him as some value to, uh, to, to lead the league in passing. So I would take a flyer on that if you're out there and you're looking to put a future bet down 25 bucks, maybe pays out seven fifty. That is not so terrible. Um, two wide receivers currently hold. Well, actually, no, I take the back one wide receiver currently holding out Julio Jones, another wide receiver. Odell Beckham has said he's not going to hold out. Sean, this is kind of a stunning turn of events because Beckham is the quintessential modern diva receiver. And he has decided that he is going to show up for training camp. He's being a good soldier. And in that Albert Breer piece, you mentioned uh, Breer also noted that people with the giants are growing increasingly enthusiastic about paying Odell Beckham because he's showing up. He's being a good guy. And as you wrote tonight, he's going to his camp and throwing a football hundred yards in front of tiny little children. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of losing a little bit of leverage by not even attempting a holdout. No one would probably buy that he would skip <laughs> the regular season and lose money. But by doing this and by, you know, um, being the good soldier, I guess, um, he's lo- losing a little bit of leverage. you got to think that um, you – I know the reference yesterday again, but you mentioned yesterday that there's probably some talk going in back channels that we don't know about that talks about, look, if you show up, we're going to take care of you eventually – We'll get down to the nitty gritty. So, you know, I think you look at this. The Giants don't really have have a need to pay him right now if they don't want to. They can franchise tag him twice in a row if they really wanted to. But if you're getting a happy Odell Beckham where he's coming to training camp, you know, he's not getting in fights with the kicking nets, then maybe it is worth giving him the money he wants or close to that a year before his contract expires. Um, and you know what? He wants to get paid like a quarterback. If you've seen the video out right now that Will just referenced um, from yesterday, from um, from Sunday at camp, he threw a football maybe 80 yards in the air. Dude, it looks um, like 100. I mean, he, 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 he doesn't stand like a normal quarterback, but I watch it. I mean, he bombs that thing. And so part of the problem, I was writing about it, and I was like, maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of this post. Uh, maybe it's the angle of the camera. Maybe every quarterback can throw it this far. No. Um, I don't think Eli Manning is throwing the football that far. Maybe – Maybe he wants $20 million a year because he's looking at it like I'm actually the best thrower of a football on this roster. He's like he's like uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell wants uh, running back and wide receiver money. Odell Beckham is out here looking for uh, – you know, he's looking for quarterback and wide receiver money. I, I mean, you know, I can't fault the guy too much for, for trying to get paid. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day – I think the difference – and Julio Jones and Odell Beckham are in different situations. Odell Beckham is coming off his rookie – he's on the, on the fifth-year option right now going into it. Julio Jones has been paid a second time. He signed a deal having to know, honestly, at that point in time that the market was going to inflate at some point. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't going to always be the highest-paid wide receiver. And if he had – you know, that's the problem with these NFL contracts is 
you take the long-term money and you want to be taken care of. But if you actually want to get paid, really get paid, you need to go to market. And even then, somebody is going to beat you to it You know, later down the road. So for Julio, I think it's a, a case where Atlanta needs to get him taken care of. And for Odell, it's a case of, hey, you're, you know, you're still in your rookie contract. You've been an incredible wide receiver, but you've been hurt. You've been a diva at times. You've done some really weird stuff with marrying kicking nets and making out with kicking nets and, and fighting Josh Norman. So show us that you could be an adult. Go be an adult, and we will pay you. And at the end of the day, they were never not going to pay Odell Beckham. All right, quickly, let's hit up your 30 for 30 list. I'm sure you have it open. If you had to do I a do. draft of 30 for 30-year-old, 30, 30 30-year-old, 30 okay, you've made a list of 30 people <laughs> who are over 30 years old. Who would be your number one pick if you were picking somebody over 30 years old in the NFL? For one season, or are we talking about starting a franchise? Not one season. It's It's got to be Tom Brady, I think, or Aaron Rodgers, who went one and two on my list, and went one or two on Prisco's top 100 list as well. Um, reverse, I had Tom Brady at one. Prisco had Rodgers at one. Um, look, the thing about this list, which includes 30-year-old players, so guys like Matthew Stafford did qualify, that there's a lot more quarterbacks on it than the top 25 under 25 list, which makes sense. These guys have been around for a while. You know, as you get older, you can overcome a lot of your physical limitations. I mean, Peyton Manning couldn't feel a football on his fingertips <laughs> and he was winning an MVP. Um, so I think there's a lot more quarterbacks on this list, guys like Matt Stafford. Leaving off, I even almost put Alex Smith on the list, who, you know, if you look at top 100 players, I don't think Alex Smith was on Prisco's list. But when you narrow it down to top 30 over 30, um, a lot of these position players, like running backs, don't qualify. Adrian Peterson, not on the list because Adrian Peterson is not good anymore. Jamal Charles, not on the list. Um, so you get a lot of quarterbacks. You get a lot of defensive linemen, especially on the interior, guys like uh, Nadamakan Sue. Um, and then you get a lot of offensive linemen as well. You know, it, it makes complete sense. Cerebral position, positions don't rely as much on quickness. Um, so, yeah, that's the gist of the list. Um, I got to say a lot less feedback on this list in the top 25 <laughs> under 25, which is probably a good thing. Um, because if you get feedback, that means people are upset. That, that is true. Um, uh, I want to give you credit. I noticed that you linked out to a signing of Andrew Whitworth. Did you write the story when Andrew Whitworth signed with the Rams in the first place? Did I? I don't yeah. know, but I mean, you wrote, you, you linked to that story and uh, I am hey, Wilson, wrote, you're a good Lincoln. I want to give you credit. That's good Lincoln. That's good. Uh, that's good blogging. As the, uh, I actually as the think I overlink. No, you agree. can't. You can't overlink. You're providing the consumer with information. If you if you if you go out of your way not to link to something, you are underlinking, and you will you will burn in hell for all eternity and blog hell for all eternity. Um, some of these people we were on vacation with were like, so now like tell us about your blog. I'm like, <laughs> well, it's this national sports website, CBS Sports. I don't know if you're. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I always find it funny. People are like, tell us about your blog. Got to get your blog boy. Blog boy, I, I, I am a old school blog boy. Uh, down on the bottom end of the list, I think there's a three interesting names here. You have Whitworth on there, by the way. He finished at uh, 24th in a little bit of an eagle sandwich. I like that you have Whitworth above uh, Jason Peters, Michael Bennett down there as well, Malcolm Jenkins at 23. The, 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 the trio that interests me, though, Richard Sherman at 27, Larry Fitzgerald at 28, and Devin McCourty at 29. So you have Fitzgerald, Fitzy as the meat in a, in, a, in a secondary sandwich here. I do. Um, a lot of that is based on future projections, Fitzgerald being 34. Kind of already hinted at retirement. I feel like we're two straight off seasons now. Um, that's why I think a guy like Sherman would be above him. 
just because I think Sherman, if he can recover from the Achilles, and that's a huge what if that we don't know about, um, for all of the talk about Sherman declining and not being the top end guy, I still think he is exactly that. You know, he's no longer that dominant Aaron Rodgers, not even going to dare throw to his side of the field kind of guy, but he's good against the run. He's still solid in coverage. He's got great hands. He's got good length. He's still in that top end, even if he's not the best anymore. Um, a guy like Devin McCourty, I'll be honest, I almost didn't put him on the list. And then seeing him, I think he might have made Prisco's top 100 where he was in the notable cuts, made me take a second look at him. And he wasn't as good this past season, but in 2016, you look at PFF's Pro Football Focus's numbers, he was graded as the third best safety. Um, and I think that has a lot of value of Prisco and um, pro football focus are both rating him high. I, I'm probably missing something there. So it was nice to have those two lists to kind of balance out my own thoughts. I would agree with that completely. Um, you could have, did you, did you appear on CBS sports HQ to talk about your list? I did not. You did not. This, this so- is my, this is my lone appearance talking about it. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad we could promote it for you. People should check out CBS sports HQ regardless at cbssports.com backslash live or Sean if you're a huge sports fan and I know you are because you write about it for a living um, then you could also watch the CBS Sports HQ app or the CBS Sports app on your Roku if you don't have a Roku streaming player you are missing out it is a device you plug into your TV to unlock thousands of live streaming and on demand channels and I am here to tell you Sean Wagner McGoff that I survived my vacation with my small child, but only because of Roku. Um, down in the Caymans and, and at the beach, we took our little Roku stick with a handy remote. We plug it in. You hook it up to the Wi-Fi. Bing, bam, boom. You're surfing Netflix. You're, you're checking out Nick Jr. and Diz Jr. It is fantastic. There are 50,000 available movies across free and paid. 500,000, excuse me. All the movies and TV shows you could possibly want um, you don't have to have the premium subscriptions. If you got it, like if you got DirecTV, you can log into all this stuff. So you don't have to have Netflix, but you could have Hulu, Netflix, whatever you want. You plug it in the back of the USB port on your TV. You get rolling. It's twenty nine ninety nine for the basic player. I wish that someone had given this to me for Father's Day, but my birthday's coming up, Sean, June twenty six. I'll take another Roku player, please. Uh, my, my wife won't listen to this, but you can tweet her at AK Brinson and say, Will wants an at Roku stick. You can go to Roku.com, that's R-O-K-U.com, to learn more and start streaming today. HDR 4K, they got everything. Check out Roku. Now let's go check out an interview with Washington Redskins outside linebacker Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Appreciate you uh, coming on the show. First off, I got to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup and kind of how it relates to D.C. sports teams, you know, getting the monkey off the back in general, but also I know I heard Max Scherzer talk about it, and he, you know, there's clearly some inspiration from, a, you know, a, like seeing a team in the market win the way they did and how you can kind of carry it forward into your own season. Do you, do you feel like the Redskins uh, maybe get some inspiration out of that? Well, I hope so. I hope we're, you know, take some motivation from that because we see what this city can be and how the city, how the city gets when, when it has a champion in it. I mean, our, there are people, you know, partying for you know days on end after the caps won the, after the caps won the cup. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of mo- motivation to take from that. And, 
I, I feel like, you know, we, we see what this city can be like when it, when it has a winner. So it's, it's definitely really exciting time. Yeah, I mean, it looked like, I don't know if you were, in, my boss is um, from the D.C. area, and he actually flew from Fort Lauderdale up to D.C. He's a big, he's a big Cavs fan, but he flew up there to watch the game in D.C., even though they were clinching uh, in Las Vegas, and the scenes from, from around the city were bananas. Were you in the middle of that? Were you, at, were you out at the game? Where were you when, you, when they clinched? We watched we watched the game at home. We went to Game Four uh, at, at and in DC, and that was an amazing amazing atmosphere. I mean, they scored three goals right off the bat, and they were all at the at the end we were sitting at. So it was just it was bananas in there. But um, no, we we weren't down in the city for the you know for when they clinched. But you know, we just we just kind of my my wife and I just kind of sat and, and and took it all in from from our couch at home, and it was just it was so amazing to see uh, see the city rally around the Caps like that. Uh, it seems like you mentioned. You know, I think you're you're newly married, right? And you had your best all around season, I believe, in 2017. Um, was the season that you had with 13 sacks, or maybe 13? Yeah, 13 sacks, uh, pick six, a uh, couple forced fumbles, couple passes defense. Was that a byproduct of Greg Minuski's scheme, or is it just sort of everything coming together? I mean, it feels like you've had a pretty good run here in, in the last 12 months, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a good twelve months. I mean, had a, you know, been fortunate enough to make the Pro Bowl last year, and then uh, you know got married this off season. So it's it's been a good uh, good twelve months. But I uh, know Coach Coach Minuski's really helped me along in my career. He's he's been awesome. You know, for not only my, myself but you know for our team in general. And he, uh, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've really you know, developed under him. And his his attitude more than anything, I feel like you know rubs off on the, on us players he he played 12 years in the league and at, at linebacker and so he had he's a he's a tough guy and, and we try to embody that and i feel like he's really you know, done a lot of good things for my myself and my career he he secretly or maybe not secretly it flew under the radar a little bit because like you guys had a i, I think it was i don't know if it was top it, it was very close to top five or top ten rush defense um and the front seven looked outstanding the first five games you guys were three and two had a tough loss to the chiefs on that monday night game uh, and then jonathan allen went down uh, what's the ceiling when you get jonathan allen back you add to ron Payne um in, in the offseason what's the ceiling for for this redskins defense in 2018 we got a lot of potential, and I feel like we we uh, we look really good on paper now. And now it's for us, you know, it's time for us to you know make it happen in season because we have the pieces there. Where we, you know, our front seven, it's this is you know as as deep and as as big and strong as we've been since I've since I've been here. So I'm excited. I know Jonathan Allen going down last year was a big big loss to us. He was really you know a, a man amongst boys as a rookie early on last season. And, you know, so when he went, went down, that was a big loss for us. And then, you know, Matt Ioannidis being banged up for a couple games too. But, you know, you get those couple of guys back, you add Deron Payne, who another Alabama guy who's, who's NFL ready, you know, right, right now. And it's, uh, you know, we got a chance to be, be pretty darn good up front. Um, what uh, what about the offense? Because I, I, I know I spoke to Jay Gruden very briefly at the owners' meetings in Orlando, and you could see it on his face when I asked him if he'd ever had a team be that injured in in his tenure as a coach, whether coordinator or whatever. I mean, it, it just seemed like everything went wrong for for that offensive line and, and for that offense in terms of the injuries. Is there a sense that maybe that could be a real bounce back opportunity for this for this offense, even though you know you got to switch in in quarterbacks? I mean, that's the feel for sure. I mean, it was it was crazy this the the attrition we had at the offensive line position last year. I mean, we had had guys you know coming 
you know, coming in and off the off the street, and you know they were dressing and playing that week. It was uh, it was pretty pretty incredible. But you know, you got to credit those guys for going out there and battling, and you know, for us, uh, you know, for us to get these guys back, get you know Morgan Moses, you know Trent Williams, uh, Laval, guys like that, get them back healthy. That's going to be big for us. Are people sleeping on the Redskins in the NFC East? Doesn't seem there's not a lot of chatter about the Redskins. Everybody wants to talk about the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Um, the Cowboys, always, people always like to talk about the Cowboys. And, and then the Eagles, of course, won the Super Bowl. It feels like you guys are kind of the getting ignored in uh, in, in this division chatter. Am I am I wrong about that? Um, you're not wrong. Um, but I mean, you gotta you have to tip your cap to other teams. I mean, you know, like you said, Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, so of course they're gonna get talked about and you know dallas has made some good additions new york has too and we have we've well, i think we've made some really great additions and you know it, it's okay to be flying under the radar like we are right now because um you know it, that's there's a lot of parity in this league and it can be anybody's year any any at any time i mean the eagles were you know they no one i don't think was talking about them last year and they went on and won the super bowl so it's uh it's it's that, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the NFL. There's a lot of parity, and it can really you know, be anybody's time. No, that's fair. Eagles were fifty to one to win the Super Bowl in Vegas before the uh, before the season started. What What's your first impression of Alex Smith and how he's going to fit in, uh, not just at the quarterback position, but also, uh, you know, in terms of the locker room and, and leadership? The guy who's been around for a long time has a, I, th- I think, a really high floor in terms of what he can do with an offense. Yeah, he's he's come in and it's kind of it's kind of like crazy to see how quickly he has kind of you know taken command as a leader and as a as a as a you know captain of this team. I mean, we we haven't voted on captains yet, but I mean, he's he's really uh he's really come in and and you know kind of taken control as from a leadership standpoint right away. And I've been impressed with that because he's he's a guy that's been there. He's he's you know a proven winner, a guy that's you know you know been to been to the playoffs. I, 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 a lot recently, I know that, and, and you know, even as, as soon as, as you know, as soon as last year. So, um, yeah, we're we're really excited to have him. The, the physical ability is obviously there, but the mental ability is is what was really is really impressive with him. Who's got a better IMDb, IMDb page? Josh Norman with Dancing with the Stars, or you with Sharknado Three? Oh hell no! Uh, I think that's <laughs> I think that's obvious. I think I definitely take the take the trophy in that one i mean you can't you can't beat a sharknado uh cameo can you no you can't i mean i you know i don't think i i think i watched i i, I watched three one was one it's almost a, it's almost i mean i'm glad that you got your part but it's almost a shame that two and three came along because i think if one was a stand if sharknado one was a standalone movie it might go down to the pantheon of, of all-time great films yeah, I, I was. I'm still waiting to hear back from the academy. I, I, <laughs> I thought. Uh, I, I was. I, I figured that that call would have come a little sooner. But I guess I think they might have must have got the wrong number or something. Uh, which you know, I understand. I'll, I'll forgive them. It, it, it's it's probably it's probably on on its way at, at some point in time. Um, what would you rather have? Five sacks in a game or three interceptions in a game? Oh, that's. Uh, I you know. That's a tough. That's a tough call. I mean, I, for me as a linebacker, a guy that's playing on the line of scrimmage to get three picks in a game. I mean, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty insane. I probably I might go with that just because of how like how that would probably likely never happen. I mean, I think I, I have three in my career, so to get three in one game would be would be something else. But to get five sacks would be awesome too. I mean, that that that's just dominating right there. 
I think you're like the defensive version of Mohamed Sanu. You know how every time he throws a, a pass, it, it ends up being a touchdown. You have three interceptions in your career and all three return for touchdowns, which is that's a, that's that maybe is even more impressive. So you should avoid interceptions unless you can get a, a touchdown to guarantee that that 100 percent success rate. Um, two more questions for you. One pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Oh, hard no. My my wife, that's like all my wife gets on her pizza. And every time she does, I just, I, I, I like, I don't know. I know. It's a hard no. <laughs> hard, hard. I'm, I'm a pineapple fan. And uh, two, if you could only have one, if you could only drink one flavor of Gatorade for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, Riptide Rush. That was my, that was always my go-to. It was, uh, I, it was always the go-to, you know, growing up and even now. That was that's my my go-to. All right, and how is Gatorade helping to beat the heat? Because I know that's something that uh, that is beneficial in these in these very very hot times in in the in the southeastern part of the country. Yeah, it's it's really hot here in the summer. It, it always is, especially for you know us when we go down to training camp. And uh, but you know it's hot for all athletes across the you know, no matter what age you are. And so you know we're here with Gatorade for. Our, for their beat the heat program and just trying to educate the athletes on, on the importance of hydration and how it, you know, it, how it can not only, you know, help you stay safe, but also help improve your performance. So um, hopefully the, the, the athletes today can you know, take some of that away and they can uh, benefit themselves and benefit their teams this, throughout the summer and throughout the fall as they, you know, learn how to properly hydrate and then ultimately put that to good use. Awesome stuff. Actually, I got one more for you. What are your thoughts on Jeff Brom? Because he seemed to have that offense clicking at Purdue uh, last year. You think a big year coming for the Boilermakers? Oh yeah, we're 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 riding high right now, honestly. Because you know it was it was a tough few years for for us Boilermaker fans a, a few years back. But you know, and then for Jeff Brom to come in and turn things around that quickly and get us to a bowl game, get us a bowl win, it was it was awesome. So we we're we're uh, we're feeling really good about Jeff Brom right now. We're we're so glad to have him and. Uh, it's, it's good good times right now in, in West Lafayette. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate the time, buddy. 